If you like this podcast, you're going to really like McClanahan Academy. Head over to McClanahanAcademy.com. That's McClanahanAcademy.com. Enroll. It's free of charge. You get a free class, 10 Myths of American History. When you do enroll, I've got nearly 20 classes there available for purchase. Go to McClanahanAcademy.com. Enroll today and get a real history education. The Brian McClanahan Show, episode 710. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to the Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to the Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to have you back on the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, like my Facebook page, and subscribe to my YouTube page where you can watch this podcast. Find all those social media accounts on my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. That's B-R-I-O-N, mcclanahan.com. While you're there, give me that email address. I'll give you a free ebook, Forgotten Founders, free audiobook of the same title read by yours truly. You can support the show by going to mclanahanacademy.com. Always free to enroll. Get that free class, 10 Myths of American History, and purchase one or 20 classes there. Also, get my latest kind of class. It's new. You're going to want it. McClanahan Academy Live, Causes of the Civil War. You're going to get me live for that. And it's an awesome class. You will walk away from that course, I guarantee with a better understanding of the war, you're going to be able to debate anybody you want to debate on the issues. You're going to know their side like the back of your hand. You're going to know how to counter it if you don't agree with it. And look, you might walk away with a completely different understanding of it and what you think now. I don't know. Because what I'm going to do in that class, or what I have done in that class, and what we're going to do live in a lot of it, is go through the different interpretations of the causes of the war and explain them, right? It's We're going to talk and we're going to deep dive on these things. You're going to know what the other side is saying all the time. You're going to want it, right? So get on out there and get that causes of the Civil War. It's a live class. I mean, you're going to get me live in that. It's going to be awesome. You're going to want it. You can also support the show by going to brianmcclanahan.com, B-R-I-O-M, mcclanahan.com. Click on the support tab. You can click on the super thanks button under the video if you're watching on YouTube. You can go to anchor.fm. You can become a supporter there. You can click on the shop tab at brianmcclanahan.com. Get my logo and all kinds of cool stuff. But as always, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Give it that five-star review. Leave a review. Also, leave a comment on YouTube that helps bump it up the algorithm. And send me those show requests. This is how we keep the show fresh. All right, so let's talk about the topic of the day. I mentioned it yesterday. It's... um. Something that uh, I think is very important, and it's the, the delegitimization of the President of the United States. Now, we focus way too much attention on the presidency. When I wrote Nine Presidents Who Screwed Up America, um, I pointed this out. I mean, look, the presidency was never designed to be what it is today. The founding generation explicitly rejected an American monarch. You look at Joe Biden's convoy at the, at the funeral for, for Queen Elizabeth II, I mean, this is what it was. It's more of a monarch than anything else. We, this, is, this really started in this way, this, this convoy of cars. Um, you started seeing some of it during the Reagan years, but it really ramped up under George H.W. Bush. And you could say maybe a little before that, right? So you had this, con- this convoy of cars. We know that, of course, the Kennedy assassination had a lot to do with what kind of vehicle the president rides in. Right? An, open, an open vehicle is never going to happen again. You've got this big Cadillac limousine that's a tank, basically. It's an armored car because the president has become such a target for so many people out there, so many loons out there to go and do this. So you have to have security. I mean, you have to do this. But again, why? Because the presidency has become the focal point of everything in America. 
wasn't designed to be this way. If we had the real American government of the founding generation, you wouldn't have this. Now, people, of course, are still loons. I mean, look, Andrew Jackson, there was an assassination attempt against Andrew Jackson. Pistols misfired and Jackson beat the guy down. We know we've had presidents assassinated other times, right? You know, he had Lincoln, of course, he had a couple of assassinations uh, in the uh, late 19th century, early 20th century. So Garfield and, and McKinley, I mean, we know these things happen. You know, Teddy Roosevelt was shot on a st- making a stump speech, right? So these things happen, and so we the the idea is to protect the people that, of course, are are going after this this position. But why? Why is the presidency such a focal point? Because it's gone beyond the scope of what it was intended to do. It's become an elected monarch. And so what we're seeing now, since Trump, and this is what I find fascinating about Trump and also Biden, they both have been doing the exact same thing. Trump derangement syndrome is beautiful for this reason. It's delegitimizing the presidency. It's, I mean, we don't have a legitimate president. We don't have, I mean, all these, all these Democrats that ran around for four years saying the president's not legitimate. We don't really have this or this and that. And all the attention being focused on the Trump administration and Trump himself and the Trump family and all of that. And we know that the indictments are coming. All this, the Democrats are going to do everything they can. They're, they're taking, they're, their energy is focused on Trump, on getting Trump. They have delegitimized the executive office because they won't even mention his name. It's like he didn't even exist for four years. And of course, the media and what they're doing with the Trump administration and, and Trump himself, it's like he never even existed. Or if he did, he's just been a criminal. Now, in one way, you could say, well, that's because they're doing this because they have such a reverence for the presidency. But I don't think that's the case. What they really want is... Um, they want their guy in there because they know that person won't be a block then on what they're trying to do. And I guess if that person's Obama, then they're okay with having someone with a, fen- a phone and a pen, right? But Joe Biden is increasing and enhancing this delegitimization of the presidency because now the conservatives are saying Biden's not legitimate. He's not someone that we can, we can believe in. He's not really the president. Just look at his disastrous 60 Minutes interview. The Democrats have had to walk back just about everything he said. The disastrous speech that Brandon made uh, a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago or so, in Philadelphia, where he painted all of his opponents as fascists. And we've seen what's happened with that. Of course, we had a poor kid run over in in, uh, the Dakotas because he was a Republican by an adult man, 41 years old, ran this kid over. Because he didn't agree with his politics, and who are the who are the violent people? Who are the? I mean, we know the left is always the violent group. They're always the violent group. The the right wing violence most of the time is cosplay or by the deep state, right? Because this this is and, and Biden is now there's there's whispers that Biden is forcing uh, the Justice Department, the FBI, and other things to go out and fabricate all of these right wing extremists so that they can they can use it for political purposes. We know that's been going on for a long time. But what's happening, of course, is the overall delegitimization of the American presidency, which is a beautiful and beneficial thing. Trump should have done more to do this, right? If I would have loved it if he'd have gone in and gilded the White House and put a hot tub in the Oval Office, and you know, had the uh, you see the videos of Trump at Mar-a-Lago, where he 
He has uh, you know, the cheerleaders over and all this kind of stuff. He just done all of that, right? And just made it to where people were so disgusted by it uh, that they thought the presidency was a joke. It should have been President Camacho. This would have been beautiful. And Biden is just, I mean, a drooling fool. He doesn't even know where to go when he's on stage. He gets off stage. He walks around lost. This is, this is embarrassing, right? Biden really is embarrassing. Or as one Brit called him, President Brynden. I thought that was hilarious. I was listening on Sky News during the Queen's funeral. President Brynden and his wife, Dr. Brynden. I mean, so funny. It's like Brandon, right? It was good. He almost called him Brandon, which is funny. President Brandon. Um, but we, this is a beautiful thing. Now, I want to read a piece. If you don't know, Liz Cheney uh, recently um, was making a speech around Constitution Day. And the AEI, the American Enterprise Institute, had Cheney over to speak. And, and uh, Abraham Lincoln Grant Cheney made this speech where she blasted Trump. And it's part of this process of delegitimization. Now, now Abraham Lincoln uh, Grant Cheney, of course, is someone that loves the presidency. She just wishes her father was president. She wishes her father had been made this kind of king, right? But the fact is, um, she doesn't like Trump because she thinks Trump damaged the presidency. Republicans are saying the same thing about Joe Biden. There's this mythical view of the presidency, that the presidents are George Washington and the presidents are, well, I guess you're going to say, you know, Abraham Lincoln, which of course is a disaster. But we have this view of the presidency. It's, you know, these people walk on water. They're, they're essentially monarchs, but they're not. The most important thing that could come out of the Biden administration and the Trump administration is that people stop paying attention to the president. If they would just do that, we would be a lot better off in the United States if they would just stop paying attention to the president. So I want to read this little piece. It's Washington Post, uh, and it's uh, Ruth Marcus wrote this piece. And it talks about this, this battle in the Republican Party. Um, and we'll talk about a little bit of that this week too. This is kind of this leads into some of the other things we're going to get into: the Constitution and conservatives. So this is a nice segue into that. But uh, this is talking about the presidency. So the piece says, in a little more than three months, Wyoming Republican Harriet Hagman will have Liz Cheney's seat in Congress. On Monday, in dueling Constitution Day lectures at dueling conservative think tanks, Cheney and her soon-to-be-elected replacement offers starkly different diagnosis at events celebrating the document's 235th anniversary. Cheney thinks the problem is Donald Trump and a Republican Party that lacks the backbone to stand up to him. Hagman thinks the problem is administrative agencies and Hunter Biden. That's a beautiful paragraph. And I don't think that, that uh, Marcus even knows what she's doing here. What we're seeing in that paragraph is the delegitimization of the United States presidency. Now, this doesn't include the left, but the left, of course, is right in line with Liz Cheney. Most of the right is right in line with Hagman. Neither side believes that either one of these presidents are legitimate. And I think you're going to keep seeing this in the near future. I don't think it matters who is the next president of the United States, whether it's someone on the left or someone on the right. I think what you're going to see is the continued process of delegitimization because I don't think anyone trusts election results anymore, particularly when you're talking about election like the presidency where you have so much money and so much power at stake, unconstitutional power, by the way, 
and so many opportunities for cheating or influence or other things that, of course, we don't recognize them as cheating or influence because they're a little bit shady, but we don't know if we can call it cheating or we don't know. So there's too much of that, right? Too much of the gray area in these things that people just don't believe it anymore. And they shouldn't, right? And the presidency should never have this kind of power. Now, on the other hand, Congress has allowed all this to happen. Congress is also a problem. What this needs what needs to happen here, of course, is major decentralization in America. If people would just wake up and see it, you've got these two things, and they're both about delegitimizing the presidency. Beautiful. A, a Cheyenne lawyer who was once a Cheney ally but beat her resoundingly in last month's primary, Hagman appeared at the Trump Embracing Heritage Foundation. Just over two miles and a worldview away, Cheney spoke at the far less Trumpy American Enterprise Institute. Funny how that happened. You can guess which event was scheduled first. Neither mentioned the other, but the split-screen moment offered a vivid demonstration of the depths to which the GOP has sunk. No, not just the GOP. This is America. And thinking about the presidency. Now, Ruth Marcus is a leftist, so she's gonna, she loves this stuff. The infighting in the Republicans. This is great. Because it means they're just going to keep getting leftists. If the Republicans can split, this is what they all want to happen. I mean, look, lefties that are promoting Liz Cheney know exactly what they're doing. Lefties that promote Mitt Romney know exactly what they're doing. They're looking to try to split the Republican Party. Because they know they win in that scenario. Just like Republicans should always be embracing far-left candidates that are unelectable. Because these people are going to split the Democrat Party. And, of course, that allows Republicans to win. And all the, I mean, there's funny things that happen sometimes, you know, where people, they run as third-party candidates, and they're not really third-party candidates. It's just to put them on a ballot and call themselves something that's going to, you know, very close to what the other person is. So idiots that go in and vote, and there's a lot of those, don't really know who to vote for. I mean, you know, you could create the National Democrat Party. That should happen, right? If, if the conservatives really wanted to play the game properly, they would create something called like the National Democrat Party. And they should look at who the major candidate is. And they should get somebody with a very close name and put it on the ballot as National Democrat Party. And then the Democrats wouldn't really know who to vote for. <laughs> it would be funny, right? It would be absolutely hilarious. And I, the Democrats, do. I mean, they could do the exact same thing. Call themselves like the National Republican Party or something. And do it, right? But this is, there's nothing illegal about any of that. You're just simply duping the stupid into voting for people they don't really know who they're voting for. And it would happen. It would definitely happen. Cheney has spoken out before about her colleagues craving capitulation to Trump, but rarely at such length or with such damning detail such as this scene in the House Republican cloakroom on January 6, 2021, before the Capitol was overrun. Objection sheets that oppose certifying the Electoral College results in various states were laid out on tables, and Cheney's uh, compliant colleagues were busy signing them, even though a single objection was sufficient. The things we do for the orange Jesus, one lawmaker said under his breath. These people aren't deluded, they're just looking out for themselves. It's all about survival, another House member told Cheney. So the thing is, as she's saying, this is all, you know, dangerous because we have members of Congress questioning whether the 2020 election was legitimate. Well, we know 
leftists did the exact same thing. They questioned whether the 2016 election was legitimate. Again, it's the delegitimization of the executive branch, which is beautiful moving forward. We should not have such emphasis on the president of the United States. The fact that Congress um, is questioning all these things is, is important, right? Whether you agree with the Democrats, Republicans, it really doesn't matter. Congress should take the role and really limit the power of the executive branch. They could do it. They could do it all day. They just won't because it takes heat off of themselves. This is the important thing, right? Congress are a bunch of spineless people. I do believe the backbone there, they're spineless to stand up to any executive, any executive. The Republicans are the worst at this, even when they're out of power. I mean, they make a lot of claims that they're going to do this, this, and this, and they get in power, and they love the power, right? The Democrats, at least, are power-hungry all the time. They say it. The Democrats are the most honest group in what they really want, which is power. The Republicans uh, like to talk about not having power, but then when they get power, they want power. And this goes back to what I mentioned yesterday. You have certainly have this agenda in conservatism in America to push for more and more power, but they're the minority, and this is going to be the, the end result in all this will be leftists controlling what happens and leftists getting to determine uh, who their opponents, what's going to happen to their opponents and all these things. I mean, this is the real issue. Power is something that should always be limited for, for the safety of the left and the right, right? Both groups should be suspicious of power, centralized power, and particularly in one individual in the executive branch that has taken so much power in contrast to a constitutional monarchy. With her parents in the audience, Cheney ticked off Trump's outrages and Republican officials continuing complicity. Those who are protecting Donald Trump, elected leaders of my party, are now willing to condemn FBI agents, Department of Justice officials, and pretend that taking top-secret SCI documents and keeping them in a desk drawer in an office in Mar-a-Lago was somehow not a problem. Now, I've talked about that on this show with the National Archives and the intent of that legislation. You can say it was altruistic. We've got to keep these, these uh, documents out of the hands of spies and all these things. But in reality, um, it's created to, to cause traps. And we know that it's, it's not applied evenly. We know Clinton was involved in taking top-secret documents, at least one of his subordinates, and nothing really happened to that person. So we'll see what happens with Trump. The ultimate objective, I believe, is to is to harm him so much that he can't run for the presidency again in 2024, either through explicit prohibition or making it to where Republicans abandon ship and they won't support him. Because Democrats believe that that will be the end of MAGA, right? If Trump is not running, then Make America Great Again dies. What they don't realize is Trump was just a useful idiot in all of that. Look, Pat Buchanan was saying Make America Great Again in 1992. You could say that Jimmy Carter was saying Make America Great Again in 1979. That's the Pat Cadell speech. It's, what, it's why Trump was successful in 2016 and why he was less successful in 2020 because he didn't have Pat Cadell around to advise him anymore in terms of a political message. Pat Cadell was that good. And uh, you could say that Cadell stepped in it in 79, Carter lost in 80. This is true. But Cadell's writing of that speech was all about make America great again. And Biden is simply saying the same things. It's just a different messenger. 
But the fact is, Biden is, people don't think Biden is legitimate. He's a, he's a disaster. He makes statements. The administration walks them back. It doesn't matter what it is, whether it's COVID or whether it's Taiwan uh, or whether it's, uh, you know, uh, the the deplorables or the, the fascists. He's had to walk all this stuff back. It doesn't matter what he said. Inflation, it doesn't matter. The administration had to walk back so much because Biden is not running the show. The, the deep state is running the show for Joe Biden, the administrative state, and he's just a figurehead. Now, Trump was even in the same situation. Trump would say things, and the administration would have to walk them back. Why? Because these people don't really run the show at all. Now, Trump was a little more aggressive in trying to use his power to do what he wanted with the executive branch. Biden is just happy to be there. Biden just wants to be able to put President of the United States on his tombstone, and that's it. He, he checked that off the box, right? He wanted to be president since he was a young man and met John F. Kennedy. He's checked it off the box now. I mean, he, he got it, right? He got what he wanted. That's all he wanted to do. Give interviews in the White House in front of a fireplace and talk about history and ideas. America is an idea, as they'll say. He just wanted to do that, right? And give slap backs and shake hands with all world leaders and think that he's great and all these kind of things. That's all Biden really wanted to do. That's what it was all about for Joe Biden. Trump was different. But in the, at the end, it was all about the deep state, whether for or against you, and what the administrative state could do. Bit by bit, excuse by excuse, we're putting Donald Trump above the law. We are rendering indefensible conduct normal, legal, and appropriate as though he were a king, Cheney said. Ooh. Well, isn't Biden above the law? Do we know? I mean, we know some things about Biden right now that are pretty nasty. We know there's Hunter Biden. We know there's the things that have come out with his daughter in her journal, which has been verified to be true. So if anybody else had been made these accusations, they would be ruined, but not Joe Biden, because Biden is above the law and he's acting as he were a king. See, Cheney's statement here, Abraham Lincoln Grant Cheney's statement, is important because... She's just now realizing we put the president, we make the president a king? We're, we're just now realizing this. The president has been above the law for a very long period of time. For over 150 years, the president has been above the law. We're just now realizing this. This is, again, this is beautiful. Conservatives, quote unquote, like Liz Cheney, are finally realizing that, wait a second here, what we're doing with the presidency is dangerous. We're doing the same thing with Biden. And now Donald Trump has been suggesting, not even subtly, that any legal action against him could result in violence. That is, that if he is prosecuted, his supporters should stand up to our constitutional order and the rule of law, stand up and through whatever means are needed, prevent his prosecution, prevent the application of the law. It is hard to see this as anything but a direct threat to our constitution, to our republic, and a credible one at that. One can only wonder, is this where the Republican Party will go next? That prosecution is inappropriate because MAGA will violently oppose it. Well, again, did the, did the left not do these exact same things? They don't want something. Do they not take to the streets and start causing violence? Cheney is, is ridiculous here in that she's not pointing out the left does these exact same things. Hagman's address was titled fighting to, uh, fighting to Protect the Constitution, What Are the Threats and How Do We Fight Back? And the threat she identified was government itself. Quote, over the last two and a half years, we've been confronted with an existential threat to our very existence as Americans, to our way of life, to our heritage as a free people, and to our governing philosophy, she said. 
Our state and federal government's response to COVID-19 has laid bare the tyrannical undercurrent that moves beneath our feet to be let loose as though it's water flowing over a dam by bureaucratic dictators who seek to control our lives, our families, our businesses, our houses of worship, and our schools. To Hagman, the Biden administration is a constitutional disaster, the likes of which we have not seen before. Well, that's not true. I mean, Biden's not the worst at all. The, the, the administration's the symptom of the disease, which is executive government. They're both pointing out the exact same thing. Executive government is the problem. We don't have an elected king, nor should we have an elected king. We don't need a monarchy in America. It's an administration that, at this point, makes no effort to adhere to even the most rudimentary constructs of what we call the rule of law. This is, again, she's pointing out the delegitimization of the presidency. Both of these people are delegitimizing the presidency of the United States. The left wants to just point at Trump, and they don't want to look at themselves and say, well, Biden's a problem. There are some people on the left who will do it, but not many. What they really want is more power for the president. And you look at what, and this is what I talked about last week, what legitimacy really means to the left It's the power that works in their favor. That's legitimacy then. And they don't really care about it. The left, again, is more open about power than any other group. At least they're honest about it. They just want power. And they don't care how they get it. They don't care who they got to run over. They don't care who they got to put in jail. They don't care any of that. They want the power because this is the Yankee problem in America. That's the Yankees. That's that's Charles Sumner. That's exactly what, what we saw in the 1850s and before. This is the Yankee problem of America. It's about power, controlling one group of people or another group of people because you don't like what they're doing. It's the uh, the Puritan, uh, the, the political Puritans I've talked about on this podcast. The political Puritans are the real problem. So then uh, the, the piece continues. Of course, this is Marcus's aside. Reasonable people can disagree about the wisdom of government regulation or the constitutionality constitutionality of independent agencies. This is not an existential threat. Reasonable people can question the wisdom or legality of Biden administration orders, such as student loan forgiveness. But if you're bemoaning constitutional disasters, the likes of which we have not seen before, shouldn't you start with the first president in history who sought to prevent the peaceful transfer of power? This is an aside from Marcus, right? Well, we can talk about these reasonable things, but Donald Trump is not reasonable. Because he sought to prevent the peaceful transfer of power. Did Trump, look, this is something that Jonathan Turley has pointed out. Let me just say this. Did Trump ever act on this? He thought about it. I can guarantee you that other people had thought about it too. He thought about it, but he never acted on it. And that's the key to understanding someone who broke the law. You can think all kinds of things, but if you never acted on it, you didn't break any laws. There's no. This is now we're into thought police, thought crime. Did he really seek to prevent the peaceful transfer of power by questioning whether the election was actually you know, valid or legal? I mean, this is something the Democrats did in 2016. Is something Hillary Clinton did? Is that really illegal to do that? Well, wait a second here. Is this what about these things? Is this now if there's shady dealings and if the Republicans were involved in some of these shady things? Yeah, all this needs to be exposed. 
But at the end of the day, simply saying, I'm not cer certain about this. And of course, then it's the rally. It's the rally. That's the thing. It's the rally. There was no rally and then no move after that. But of course, you know, this was not an insurrection. Oh, that's just stupid. So Marcus says, not Hagman. This is, uh, shouldn't you start with first the president, not Hagman? Hagman won't start with the president. She won't start with Trump. Trump, in her telling, is not a perpetrator, but a victim, as are his enablers. Hunter Biden can strike shady deals with foreign businessmen, sell asset access to his powerful father, while all while smoking crack on video, but nothing happens to him, she said. But many January 6th defendants are held in jail without trial and abhorring abhorrent living conditions without access to even the most basic rights as guaranteed by our Constitution, and our political elites celebrate their suffering. Well, she's right about this. I mean, Hagman is correct about that. There's no accountability for the left. That's because... Uh, they don't ever want to hold their own people accountable, but they do want to delegitimize Trump. The, the right is working to delegitimize Biden. The end result is that nobody's really ever going to trust the presidency. So what do you do about that? Right? Where do you go from there? Well, you have to have some type of political action here, whether it's people just start ignoring the federal government, people start looking to have some type of, I talked about this last week, Constitutional Convention, where you limit the powers of the president, where you have amendments proposed that do this, the Congress actually stands up to the executive, whatever it is. But the presidency really is a problem. Executive government's a problem. And nine presidents who screwed up America could have been 13. It's actually 13 in the book, but there could have been more. I could have talked about more presidents in that book than just what I covered. The Clintons, Clintons can run a multi-generational, multi-million dollar slush fund with foreign donors while well, the FBI raids former President Trump's home as part of a partisan witch hunt. And the January 6th Commission can boast of, boast of, quote, protecting our Constitution while they run a kangaroo court with no due process, no right of confrontation or cross-examination of witnesses, and no one representing the views of the accused, which is not only former President Trump, but anyone who supported him. Well, again, she's right about that. But then Marcus says, this is the face of the Republican Party in 2022. This is the scary state of our Constitution 235 years in. Well, look, we haven't been, uh, we haven't been following the Constitution since 1789, right? But that, we'll talk about Constitution Day this week. And that's a nice segue into what we're going to look at with the Constitution. Ruth Marcus is not an, not an important person. She is one of the lead editor-in-chiefs at the Washington Post. So her writing this, this, is, this, is the re this reflects the editorial position of the Washington Post. They are completely against Trump. And they're completely against anyone who is a MAGA person, right? They think that if you can get Trump, this all dies. It's not going to not going to and it's not about the rule of law it's about simply calling out the other side for their unaccountability right you can call it hypocrisy if you want but it's unaccountability no one is holding them accountable and so this is what people really want is what they liked about trump he was holding the other side accountable calling them fake news and liars and all these things because they are right this is what they are um, and we know it biden's a disaster all this is a disaster but at the end of the day the end result of all of this is going to be delegitimization, and I love it. And it's what we should always be pushing for, delegitimize the presidency. We don't need to have an elected king. We never had an elected king, and having one is extremely dangerous for the federal republic of the United States. 
not the American nation. We don't have a British monarchy. We don't have any of that, and nor should we. All right. I'll see you tomorrow on the Brian McClanahan Show. See you then. <laughs>